Welcome to the Leadership Network Podcast. Leadership Network is a community of multipliers who gather to collaborate, innovate, and pursue what God has next for His church. Our mission is to champion healthy growth that is capable of reproducing. Thank you for joining this conversation, and here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Leadership Network's podcast. My name is Jeff Reed. I'm director of Digital Church Next, as well as director of Metaverse Church Next. I get to have a lot of fun talking with Leadership Network and the friends over at Leadership Network about digital and about church in the metaverse and virtual reality. And so we're going to actually have maybe, I, you know, normally when we have digital conversations, I talk about how they're a little more grounded than the idea of, of virtual reality and, and church and in blockchain and crypto and DAOs and, and you know and all that crazy stuff, artificial intelligence, the metaverse is usually a much more out there conversation when I get to wear that hat. So this is a digital podcast, but you know what? This conversation is going to be out there as well because we're talking uh, with Mark. Oh my gosh, Mark! I got I got to pronounce it. Um, Lutz, got it, Close? got it for the yes! first time ever. For the first time ever. First time ever. Uh, Mark has been a friend of mine for years, and, and I'm, I am embarrassed that it's been the inside joke that I cannot pronounce his last name. The reason why is because he is the lead pastor of Lux Digital Church, not associated with his last name. Lux, as in, oh, is it, it's Greek or it's it's, uh, it's, a it's Latin, Latin word. It's the Latin for it's light. Latin for light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's a long story short. I just have never been able to get the two names straight in my head. But Mark, it's great to have you on the podcast here, the Leadership Network. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. And it's really interesting because if you're doing stuff for VR next, you know, virtual reality next, it's so interesting because what I find is, is that virtual reality, you're right, is so out there. But once you get the headset on, it's actually easier to wrap your mind around than a lot of the digital stuff. Like pre-headset, you can't get it headset goes on then you're like oh i understand i can i okay i get it right it makes sense and digital is almost the like almost the exact opposite where you come into it and you're like oh i think i get it right yeah online church live streams yada yada we do that and then the the further you dig into it the more heady it gets and the the harder to wrap your brain around it it gets so i'm really excited to dive into some of those questions today specifically around digital community and stuff with you Definitely. Looking forward to this. By, by the way, Jason Poling, lead pastor of Cornerstone, you've been sitting Cornerstone VR. Actually would agree with you. We've had that conversation a lot where really the ecclesiology centered around a church and virtual reality is really not that much different than, than, than a physical church. It's just the headset. It's just the the, the, the pixels that, that freaks everybody out. But digital, and especially, and I didn't actually give away uh, the, the, you know, the one-two punch with Lux Digital Church, it's a church that exists centered around gamers, where, where they they are a, a community that that's reaching out, that's engaging in digital communities like Twitch and, and like Discord to be the church, not exclusively for gamers. And I'll let Mark set it up in a second, but really reaching the, the board game and the video game crowd. So, hey, Mark, why don't you do this? Give like a 30 second setup here for for Lux Digital Church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to give like the 30 second like history or do you want me to give like a 30 second this is what we do this is what you do okay sure so uh or our take church- a minute and give me both 
Get, that okay. sounds fun. There you go. I'll take a whole minute. Uh, so uh, really quickly, Lux Digital Church started in March of 2021. I served as a pastor outside of Pittsburgh for 11 years at the same church. Prior to launching Lux, we launched Lux basically because we saw this enormous thriving digital community um, that revolves around the uh, the online gaming community. And we said, like, these people need a church. Like, they are deserving of a church. We're seeing millions and millions of people going to places like twitch.tv, looking for truth, searching for community. I think the thing that really ticked it for us was, uh, and it was like a tipping point, was recognizing that, like, the most frequented and largest community during, like, non-tournament times in all of Twitch is just chatting which isn't even video game play. It's just people talking. And so after watching uh, people go to Twitch for truth and search for meaning and gain the worldview of people who are broadcasting themselves lives to some of them, you know, 10 people, some of them, five people, some of them, 80,000 people. We just said the church has to have a voice in this space because this is literally where the next generation and where largely men are. Because in many cases, although men have a lot of white men have a lot of control over the church, Uh, most white men aren't in church and so uh, it's a really interesting dynamic and you know really finding where the next generation of young men are and then realizing it's not just young men but it's this thriving metropolis this enormous more than a city it's a it's a digital country Um, Mm. it's a digital nation in many ways Um, looking at some of the statistics that are coming out right now showing you know a little over 3.02 billion gamers on the planet roughly a billion more gamers than there are Christians on the planet looking at about 97% of kids 15 and under identify as a gamer in some capacity or another that is an absolutely staggering number that if any church is looking and saying how do we reach the next generation and they don't realize that 97 percent of them all but three percent consider themselves to be a gamer in some capacity that number is is absolutely crazy and so we were like okay we gotta we gotta start reaching people so what we say uh uh at lux a lot is that twitch.tv slash lux digital church our web address there that's our sanctuary so anything that you as a physical church pastor might be doing in your sanctuary, we're doing on Twitch. And then uh, Discord is everything else. So every other aspect of your building, every other aspect of your ministry, everything else that you do, small groups, Bible studies, um, discipleship, um, serving opportunities, um, you know, your teams and training and leadership development, your bulletin board, your announcements, uh, your coffee tables, all of that stuff is happening in Discord for us. And so we sort of live in those two spaces amongst, uh, you know, a tribe of digital natives and we are spread all across the globe. Um, I literally had a young woman who was in our church. She's in our church right now. Uh, she lives in Guam uh, on a military base in Guam and uh, had a conversation with her about last week in which she said, you know, the other night during Lux's second birthday, we just celebrated two years. Um, I started crying halfway through the sermon and it didn't stop until service ended. She said, because as a missionary's kid and as a military wife, every person I've ever known has an expiration date above their head. In other words, I will eventually not be with them. This is the first church in my entire life that it doesn't matter where I go. This can still be my church. It's the wow. first church in my life that I felt comfortable putting down roots in this. This lady, this girl is, uh, I don't know, 13 or 14 hours off of us ahead of us and is not a gamer, but has found a community here. Part of a small group being discipled, getting plugged in, being prayed for beautiful stuff. So, yeah, seeing lots of really cool stuff happen through what we're doing. That's, that's incredible. By the way, another fun stat, as you know, speaking of, of a young lady, 48, 48% uh, of gamers today are female. 
Uh, it's yep. uh, that's something that came out. Mark, Mark, and I have been doing a, a podcast season on the Church Digital Podcast called Jesus Gamers in Church, and so you can um, digging into maybe ten, eleven, twelve different uh, perspectives and stories of what gamer church looks like. Today. You can check that out at the Church Digital slash Podcast. But let's not delve into that. Let's let's really get into this idea of of church in, in this space now. You know, let's let's get into some Mark here, some of the ecclesiology, some some of some of the why. Now you have you've been student pastor your gig before you you planted the digital exclusive church like there is no physical footprint of lux digital church but you do have a history of being a physical pastor so maybe let's let's just talk here a little bit maybe what are some of the um what are some of the pros and cons what are some of the maybe the differences uh between the physical ministry doing ministry at at a physical church and what you've seen now that you're doing ministry digital only uh, through Lux. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's a, there are so many differences in terms of, but, but most of them are self-explanatory, right? A lot of them are just like, oh yeah, that makes sense that that's a difference, right? I don't meet for coffee. I meet over Zoom calls with people, right? My small groups don't meet in person in my living room. I meet with them through a webcam and a microphone. Like the stuff that you would expect, the stuff that we did during COVID, those things are all different. Some of the things that you wouldn't expect to be different is the level of intentionality that's required because you're not around these people physically. And so um, you don't just bump into them at the store or bump into them by accident. You have to really actively and intentionally pursue sue people. Some of the stuff that you wouldn't expect are things like our church is 24 seven. And so because our church is 24 seven, like our doors are always open and there's this constant stream of activity going on. It enables people to get connected to discipleship in their own ways many times and kind of on their own schedule. It allows us to put the cookies on the bottom shelf when it comes to like getting the information for discipleship. And it lets us put the cookies on the top shelf when it comes to like the actual commitment to being a disciple versus, you know, vice versa, where in a lot of churches you see that like you can be a disciple by checking the right boxes, but getting the information is like, is just a a really strenuous task of going to classes and checking all of the correct boxes and stuff. And then, you know, but the, the commitment level isn't really there for a disciple. We're able to flip that script a little bit, which is really quite cool. Um, And there's a lot of other things that really are differences when it comes to ecclesiology and skill set, though, there's really not much, right? So we just said, how can we do relational ministry just using digital spaces and digital tools instead of physical spaces and physical tools? And what we found is that people are people with the same needs and the same desires and the same hurts, the same spiritual baggage. If you're meeting with them over a zoom call or a discord call, as if you were just meeting them in person when they showed up at your church on a Sunday morning, people are people with stories just the same. And so we have just opened up two lanes of communication so that we can begin hearing those stories and engaging mm-hmm. with those people, figuring out where they are and then walking with them on spiritual journey. Um, it, very similar to what you would do in spiritual formation in any church and as very similar skill set. Um, now, there's certain things that I learned coming into this um, that I didn't know because I was like the small groups guy and the discipleship pastor at my church at the time. And uh, I didn't have any tech knowledge, camera knowledge, mic knowledge, light knowledge, none of that stuff. And so I learned all of that on, in the process of getting ready to launch Lux. You know, we learned how to build a studio. We learned how to do proper lighting. We learned all of the, all of the things for content creation. Um, 
But that being said, like I learned all that stuff over YouTube. And so the stuff that was actually hard to teach and would be hard to learn and takes years to learn um, in, in being in hard situations and learning how to work your way through them. That's all ministry stuff. And I use all of the same stuff that I used for 11 years of ministry at a physical mm-hmm. church here as well. And ecclesiology wise, it's very similar. We do, um, we do do like some of the sacraments a little bit differently. That's usually the big one, right? Everyone has that question. We do sacraments a little differently here than what I did at my previous church, but we still are, you know, sacraments are still a major part of who we are as a church. And outside of that, like gathering together, meeting together, devotion of the apostles, uh, teaching devotion to prayer, devotion to community. Those things are actually all easier in my space than they were in a physical church. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. Gamer culture, as a general rule, has taken away the the presence factor. You know, I can remember when I was when I was a kid, uh, my best friend was Sean McCluskey, and and when we wanted to play Contra on on Nintendo, the NES, the eight bit version, up up down down. You know what I'm saying. Uh, we would have to get in the same physical space. Sean would come sleep at my house. I'd go sleep at his house. And, and as sixth graders, we would just geek out playing all night, you know, um, Contra, Life Force, uh, uh, Metroid, the little with the Zapper, Duck Hunt, whatever that game was called. Super Mario, you know, just coming out with the, the movie just recently. Like we would together in physical presence connect. Yeah. Now, absolutely. you know, fast forward to uh, maybe Halo was probably the first game that really started to break down that presence factor because now I can I can network multiple uh, game systems together, or I can and, and now I don't even need to be in the presence because now I, I can do this this remotely. But now, when we look at the church factor, we we see that. Okay, now churches are starting to be be remote as well. And the gaming community probably seems to be a lot more accepting of that than, than like the, you know, the average, let's call them church leader out there that really believes in getting people back to the to the building. Why is it that that Gen A, Gen Z, um, why are they so much more accepting of of relational value remotely as opposed to, you know, the average church leader, or the average lead pastor? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I think part of that is going to be like, well, whenever people stop doing studies on my generation, when they realize that we're too old to do studies on, right? Millennials, there's been so many studies done on us. It's it's almost silly. And people were like, oh, hold up. There's two new generations coming, right? It's only been the last couple of years we've been talking about Gen Z, let alone Gen Alpha. Um, I think in the next 15 years, we'll really study why that is, but no one's really looked at it yet, right? So mm. I have a hunch. I have a hunch. And my hunch is, is that millennials, my age, I'm 34, probably 30 and above, right? I think that millennials go down to maybe like 25 right now, 27, something like that. Um, we remember when the internet showed up in our house, right? We remember the first time we had dial-up and high-speed internet, all of those things. And we already had identities that were formed. We had it. We had formed identities and the Internet was a formative part of our lives. Don't get me wrong. Huge part of my life has been the Internet because it's allowed me to connect with people from AOL Instant Messenger up through what I do today, where most of my life is lived in digital relationships and digital spaces. Um, So, like, it's been very impactful to my life, but I still had an identity prior to forming a digital identity. And I had to learn how to become authentic in digital space again um, because I wasn't at first. I think with my daughter's generation, for example, Jen, uh, my daughter is five right now. um, She's forming a digital and physical identity simultaneously. Right. So Mm. she doesn't see the difference between the two. And I would say if you talk to anybody probably about 22 and below, they'll say the same thing. Right. Where they don't 
they if they have a, a hybrid life, which some do and some don't, don't get me wrong. It's like everybody 22 and below is ha- has this insane hybrid life where they build a lot of digital relationships, but it's more common with their generation than it ever has been before. Um, and they they don't see the difference between friends IRL or physical light friends and digital friends. They're just they just have friends, right? Because they've grown up in a world. We've never studied a generation before that has only known a world with the internet, right? And so we just we genuinely do not know how that is going to radically transform the way they understand relationship, the way they understand space, the way they understand friendship. All of those things are going to be impacted in a generation that has never known a world without the internet. And I think one of the areas that it's most prevalent is their openness to digitally digital relationships, right? Relationships that with people they may never physically meet. Um, and, and you just see a wide, a, a wide openness to that idea. They don't, it's not even question, yeah. right? It's not even a question. You know, and even gets back to your, your lady friend, the former uh, missionary kid, the former, mm-hmm. Uh, military uh, you know I've, I've never had a relationship that didn't have an expiration date and now because she's at a, at a digital church her relationships don't have uh, expiration dates um speak to me about some some of the the challenge of of seeing these relationships these digital relationships as valid you know really that's the that's the core component, the core challenge as I talk with people about a digital expression of a church, a church with no physical building, with no physicality or limited physicality is, well, Jeff, those relationships aren't real. Uh, strangely, I have a number of solid relationships and, and some of my closest friends are people that I only see <laughs> once or twice a year. Ironically, my closest friend lives five minutes away from my house and I only see him once a year, even though we're in the same zip code as you look at your church uh, and as you've had some of these these conversations speak to me about the legitimacy of some of these digital relationships that that don't have the opportunity to lean on each other physically yeah uh, you know i think that there are there are limitations and complications right but these limitations and complications don't invalidate digital relationships they mm-hmm. just there's uniqueness to them, but there's also unique opportunity to them, right? Because now I can have a relationship with somebody in Guam or someone in Memphis or somewhere wherever while I'm in Pittsburgh and we can actually gather believers together of like mind and heart that wants to reach a similar group of people. And then we can, where people come to faith, they can actually be discipled in and stick with throughout the course of their life instead of when the church leaves or when the, the, person leaves and moves so there's unique opportunities and unique challenges i think with any of the new forms of church that we talk about um and i think one of the one of the key one of the key challenges is like pastoral care is it sometimes a unique challenge right Mm -hmm. um because it's not as easy to physically care for people now we have we have many members of our church that we've been like they were sick remember not too long ago we had a group in south dakota a family uh, two kids, husband and wife, all got COVID, right? All of them, all of them were sick and down. And we literally door dashed food to them to supply, to like care for mm. them while we were there. Had it dropped off right on their front door, no problem. And I just found a place in South Dakota, ordered the food and had DoorDash bring it. Um, we've done pizza delivery. We've done ordered food and had somebody been able to go out from their house and pick it up, you know, a local barbecue joint or something. And so that's a unique challenge. Um, that, that, that goes along with sort of like digital space and digital relationships. Have I answered your question? I feel like I didn't really answer your question. I mean, the, the, the heart of it is, is that these relationships aren't real. 
And, and I guess mm, that's what I'm, okay. I'm kind of asking you to lean into. Yeah. What What are the legitimacy, Gen Z, Gen A, uh, maybe even millennials a little bit, people that are more comfortable with this technology and the communities that, that exist within the technologies? Yeah. The, what is the legitimacy of these relationships look like to them? Yeah, I think that's a really good, uh, it's a good question. I think if you were to come into my church full of digital hybrid and digital native people, um, the concept of like this relationship isn't real, you would just, like you're just not going to even no one's even going to listen right it's like oh okay well then that's because you've never had an online friend okay i get it right like yeah you don't think it's real um and so it's 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 like null in point like there's not even a conversation to be had on the flip side of that i think the answer to it is really the deconstruction of what we identify a, a real relationship to be because the truth is is that every relationship in our life is at least hybrid Right. You don't you probably do not have a single person in your life that you communicate to and communicate with and build a relationship with exclusively without digital tools that that literally probably doesn't exist. Maybe for some people, but for most, it doesn't You're probably at least email, text, phone call. One of those three things you're at least doing to build the relationship, you're FaceTiming, something like that. And so to say that a digital relationship cannot happen is the same as to say that my daughter's FaceTime with their grandmother doesn't actually build on the relationship that they have established with their grandmother. It absolutely does, right? It's preposterous. If, if those relationships aren't real, we wouldn't have gone to Zoom uh, for small groups uh, over COVID, right? We would have said, no, none of those exist or actually happen. And we wouldn't have encouraged our small group leaders to go and invite their group members to meet with them over Zoom because we would have said, no, actually, it doesn't actually help enhance relationships at all. It actually just means everyone's going to be really fake. So we shouldn't do that. Um, it's just not true, right? I think that the jumping point for a lot of people is the idea of digital only, right? That's sort of scary. They're like, well, I can wrap my mind around being able to meet with somebody in person, but then also having digital engagement with them. But I can't wrap my mind around having our entire relationship exist in digital space. But if you think about every hybrid relationship that you have, you'll begin to realize actually the predominant amount of my relationship building with a lot of people, maybe without with the exception of the people in my household, right? With most people is digital already. Like you're already developing most of your relationships in digital space. And depending on your age and generation, maybe that's not true. But for most people, at least young leaders, that is the case. And so like just extending that and saying, what if I never met this person again physically, but we did meet every week and had a phone call or a FaceTime? Would that relationship be valid? Yeah, I guess it probably would be. Yeah, I, I would have because the majority of relationship isn't about the ability to hug one another. That's not what makes a relationship a relationship. Um, and I think when we limit relationships to be that you have to be able to hug that person. I'm not saying that hugging is bad. I think it's great. Um, I'm just saying that relationships continue to be relationships with or without the ability to hug. Jeff, you're gonna have to edit this because you're muted, buddy. Hey, so I know that some uh, some churches, some metaverse churches, matter of fact, talking about Jason Poling earlier, Jason Poling, uh, um, Cornerstone VR, they do a family reunion where they bring everybody together once a year. Everybody flies into San Francisco, Northern California, Yuba City, and they, they hang out. They merge the physical church together with the, the virtual reality church, and it's a, it's a great coming together. Have you guys thought about doing anything with with Lux uh, tying that together and doing any any physicality? Like what would what would be the uh, what would be the bonuses? What would be the pros for something like that? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I think it really honestly, Jeff, I think that gets more at the heart of the the difference between the way 
and this is not me calling you another generation. Please understand this because it's me as well. The difference between the way a non grew up with the internet generation and an internet generation thinks because they don't think uh, dualistically, right? They don't think mm. physical versus digital. They are hybrid. They exist in both spaces. So the idea of getting people together physically that typically build all their relationships digitally doesn't threaten you know, what we're doing. And I think many people think that it would, right? Well, if you're going to get together physically, then no, that's that's the real part of it. Not the case. I, so we did Lux Unplugged uh, this past year. We did a meetup in Pittsburgh. We had about 30 people who came out for it. Um, I think the furthest we got was somewhere out in Ohio, right? People didn't come from real far, but anybody in our physical area that was part of our church, and we do have a, a concentration of people in the Pittsburgh area because that's where my sphere of influence is. Um, and that's where the most word of mouth is spread about our church, right? Um, there was people who got together. We're going to do the same for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit in November uh, in Marble mm -hmm. Falls, Texas. If there's people in the area that like to get together, we can. We did the same for Megazord back in October. Um, and so, yeah, we do these physical meetups where we can get together with people who live in the immediate vicinity. And I think they're beautiful. I think they're they're awesome. And I love them. Sometimes there's like a moment of awkwardness where you're like, oh, I'm with you physically now. But that. <laughs> usually quickly dissolves honestly you know i think of lux unplugged this year and we spent about five or six hours playing board games together and hanging out prior to going to a church service and doing some baptisms with our church and uh man it was just such a blessed time to be able to hang out with these group of people in physical space even though we typically build those relationships digitally but those relationships yeah. haven't felt like oh man now we have to go back to online oh no that that hasn't been the case for us, right? And and it hasn't been those physical times together that's actually like stabilized or rooted those relationships in any way. All right. Well, here we've talked, you know, talking ecclesiology, we've talked uh, relationships, which is one of the the largest complaints that I hear, or arguments that I hear against the church, um, digital church. We talked a little bit of uh, baptism. Uh, you know, maybe may a little weird. I love, I love the idea of gathering together, you know, at a physical spot and baptizing. That's, that's neat. Communion. I mean, that may be a challenge. Some of the other ordinances. What, what are some other arguments that, that you've heard, uh, against the idea of, of a digital only church or a church existing in digital community? Uh, I think the, the funniest one is that we're not, we're Gnostics, right? It's Gnosticism, right? We're disembodied, uh, that we're not able to be the incarnation of Christ, that we're not actually gathering. Um, I've heard that the internet is a thing, not a place. And I, I vehemently disagree. I think that, uh, you know, I think that it is a things and it's also a place just the same as your physical building is a place with lots of things in it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I honestly, most of the arguments, and this is why I'm still doing it, right? Because I wasn't like a bleeding edge guy. I wasn't like the, we got to just push limits progress for progress's sake, right? When God called us to do this and moved our heart hmm. towards it, I battled with that theologically and scripturally for a long time. And I have talked to a lot of very intelligent people and have asked them to knock holes in it, right? Like, hey, please mm -hmm. give me the reason that biblically I shouldn't be doing this. Because to be honest with you, there's a lot of things that are more comfortable that I could be doing. Um, <laughs> and a lot of things would be a whole heck of a lot easier and a lot less controversial that I could be doing. It's not like I'm here because I'm like, yeah, this is the fun. Like, I enjoy it, but it's, you know, there's a lot less, there's a lot easier things that I could be doing. So I've asked really intelligent people to blow holes in it theologically biblically and that hasn't happened yet and so that's you know mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we're still doing it so a lot of the the complaints that i've heard honestly jeff have really have more to do with the fact that those thoughts aren't fully thought out 
it's parroting, right? It's I've heard this somewhere else as a complaint against digital stuff. And so I'm saying yeah. it. It's it's just a lack of knowledge, right? The concept that what we're doing is Gnosticism is just it's just poor church history. Like it is it's not. It, it's just a lack of knowledge. Um, and then beyond that, it's just comfort, right? Like a lot of Christians just really want to create churches that they really want to go to instead of creating churches that people who don't know Jesus would want to come to. Yeah. And so for us, it's like, this isn't the church that I prefer necessarily. This is just the church that I know the gaming community needs and deserves. And so we're creating it because I know that there's lots of people who would rather go to hell than go to church in my space. And these are people that I love and I care about and who love the things that I love. I speak their language. God has uniquely equipped us as missionaries with church experience to plant a church in this environment. So that's why we're doing it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's lots of complaints, Jeff, I think, but most of those complaints, like they just, man, they just almost always have more to do with what people are comfortable with than what Jesus actually has to say in the mm-hmm. scriptures. Well, well, well said. It's uh, the the missional implications of of what we're doing. The mission field of digital and virtual reality. Like I, I don't think that can be questioned. You know, Mark's talking about three billion gamers, three point oh two billion gamers. That's a billion more people than than Christians. That mission field is huge. Virtual reality, the same thing we're seeing is just the 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 opportunities to converse with the types of people that aren't coming into that church building are huge. And in digital and in, and in virtual communities, uh, people are far willing to have a conversation and be relational in that space. Yes, mm-hmm. there's trolls. Yes, there's jerks. Sure. Uh, but in digital community, by far, they're more likely to have a conversation with you. Uh, like social Absolutely. media is actually not, social media is not really a, a good expression of, of what a digital community actually can be it's a little more no if you're if your understanding is like i saw someone post and they're like you know 100 likes on facebook isn't the same thing as 100 conversions and i'm like who is literally arguing that like is there anybody on the planet that's actually making that argument of course it's not the same thing like we're searching for life transformation just the same as every other physical church is searching for life transformation and so and that includes discipleship and people becoming like jesus and living that faith out and we're actually seeing it happen even though we are meeting entirely in digital space and uh, you know, we don't have a physical footprint where people come and gather like the, the same things that you would celebrate in a physical church plant. We're celebrating at Lux as well. Um, and we're seeing the same things happen. And so that's, and, and that just really speaks to how genuine digital space can actually be. And I would just say this, like, if you're not, if you're a pastor, you've really never had a, a friend that you just knew online. Um, if you're, total understanding of digital space has to do with like social media um facebook likes and instagram posts and instagram influencers like there is a whole world that you don't know exists mm-hmm. there is a whole world and it's not like i think some pastors we get into this and they're like yeah this is kind of like the wild wild west right this is a mission and we're going to be out like gold miners like heading out west in our, in our in our wagons and i'm like well whenever you get out there you're going to realize that it's like a futuristic multi like multi-ethnic billion people city so like just get ready because when you get there it's not going to be the gold rush right it's not going to be ghost towns <laughs> there's billions of people here um and they have their own cultures and languages and ways and you know people ask us jeff are you a mission or are you a church and i'm like yes Yes, we are. They're like, no, are you a mission or your church? I'm like, every good mission should be planting churches. Otherwise, you're not making disciples. And every good church plant should be missional. Otherwise, you're not a good church plant. You're just scalping people from other churches. And so are we a mission or are we a church? Yes, we are those things. Absolutely. 
That's that's a great question. You know, that's a, a great response to that question. I should say there there's there's one question mark, uh, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't know the answer to this one, and, and uh, I, I would love your take on it because because when people tell me, hey, yeah, that person that gets saved in, in the digital church at some point. They should make it to a physical church, right? Like, is the end game for the person to stay in a digital church forever, in a virtual reality church forever? Or should they, uh, at some point, mature, evolve, grow to the point where they're attending a church in, in, in physical space? I'd love your take on that. I, I think there's a certain point where that's a bit of a case-by-case -case basis, right? Okay. I um, So I, I, I think we have maybe like two really good examples. Right. So when we first started, a young man came to faith right, right in the beginning of our church names, Chris. Um, I, Chris came to our church for a while. He really enjoyed it, but he really needed to backtrack off the internet, right? Gaming addiction was a very real thing in his life. And he really needed to, he actually needed to get offline. And we actually helped Chris connect to a church plant in his city. And he went and began serving at that church plant and left our church. And that was really good for him. Um, but I also have doc and tell, and Doc and Tell, Doc's one of my elders now. Um, Doc and Tell, uh, their son Grayson. Grayson sees me as his pastor, right? He asks about Pastor Mark. He's on Zoom calls, tells my wife's accountability partner. Doc, I'm talking to you all the time. He's a dream team leader. Doc has had his life reworked through his experience at Lux to the point where he is now actively pursuing people at his physical place of work and inviting them to church. And he's also, he's, He's evangelizing to them, right? So we have ones in our church, right? You're one, you have a one, mm -hmm. someone you're praying for, echoing. And both Doc and Tells One came to church at our second birthday two weeks ago, right? And then we oh, celebrated awesome. that as a church family. And so that's really cool. So for Doc and Tell, I do, we'll, is, is the physical church necessary for them? I don't know. Honestly, the more complex thing, to be perfectly honest with you, Jeff, is when it's sure. split, when there's a spouse, when it's spouses, right? And the husband is a gamer and a digital native and the wife is not. And she wants to, she's like, re, her, she's excited because her husband's faith is reignited. But then she's mm -hmm. like, this isn't really for me. And mm -hmm. so she wants to go find a physical church, but he really wants to stay connected. And we've seen that happen repeatedly at our church. And in that case, a lot of times those folks, they'll actually go to church on Sunday morning, the physical church. And the wife's really connecting there. And then the husband oftentimes connects with us throughout the week. And that's his church family. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's a, that's a point of uh, tension for me that I don't love because yeah. I want to see them attending and fellowshipping together. So that is one of the harder parts is I, I don't want to cause splits there. And that's been one of the things we're more recently. That's been a pain point for me. Interesting. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't, to be honest, I hadn't considered that perspective of a, of a, I'm using the word blended, a blended family, like two two different mm. callings, two different approaches. It's interesting in my in my own three media families like that. Three families in my church that's happened. The guy's faith got reignited. They were neither of them are going to church. His faith got reignited. He's on fire, reading the Bible, discipling his kids, being with his family, yeah. leading his wife. And the wife's like, I love what I'm seeing happen, but we got to go find a physical church too because that's what's for me. And so it, it's not like a one off thing. It's three core members of my church. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what percentage of that as we're developing, what consistent percentage maybe with each church is, is struggling with something like that. And, and, and how do you treat that scenario? Time for more experimenting and innovating and, and seeing what's there. And so, hey, Mark, man, thanks for thanks for jumping on uh, the, this podcast and this conversation. And so, hey, as uh, as we're landing the plane here, Mark, any closing thoughts? 
No, I don't think so. You know, if you're if you're wondering about digital church, if you're like, how do I use games to reach the next generation? X amount of kids are gamers. Reach out and let me know because we didn't even get into hobby board gaming, tabletop RPG, stuff like that. The era of hooking up an Xbox in your church so kids would come play during youth group is over. It's easier for them to stay at home. Actually, video games are not the answer to grow your in-person church's youth ministry. It's actually board games and tabletop games are the solution to use gaming and nerd culture to connect with the next generation inside your church building. If you ever want to talk about that, how you can integrate gaming into your youth ministry, how you can integrate gaming or digital church and really expand your digital campus beyond that, please reach out to me, Mark at Lux Digital Church, L-U-X, digitalchurch.com. I'd love to sit down one-on-one with you and have a conversation, talk a bit through what your digital strategy is and, and how we can expand that. Awesome. Yeah, Mark is, Mark's one of the good guys. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of good guys in this space. Uh, Versus Mark being a villain, and, of course. Yeah, Sure. I actually have no idea what to say to that. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I, I started to say, get behind me, Satan. But then that just would totally, totally statement of a good guy out the window. It's like, yeah, what, what, what are you going to do? No, but seriously, re- reach out to Mark with questions. Um, and it's been a pleasure seeing him grow and develop his digital church, Lux Digital Church. Over the past, just they just celebrated their two-year anniversary just recently. And you know what? We're doing some learning communities through uh, Leadership Network on helping physical churches like yours better understand digital discipleship, some of the stuff that Mark's been talking about, relationships, and how digital communities lead towards digital uh, discipleship-making relationships that even get to the place of, of planting uh, unique expressions of church. And so if your church is interested in exploring some of these ideas Moving beyond that streaming of a church service that, that doesn't do much help for the kingdom, but instead getting out there towards disciple making and multiplication. Do me a favor. It's gonna it's gonna give you the church digital URL, just a short code. The church.digital slash DLC for a digital learning community. The church digital slash DLC. That'll get you connected. Uh, the more information on the digital discipleship cohort. What does a digital mission trip even look like? Oh, you're going to find that. It's going to be so much fun here with the digital learning communities we are doing this fall uh, through Leadership Network. So check that out. Uh, Mark Lutz? No. Did I blow close. it? Dang it. Yeah, right what is it? End. What is it? One more time. Lutz. 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 Yeah. Mark Lutz from Lux Digital Church. It is, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you, Mark Uh, But we're going to land the plane. So for Mark, this is uh, Jeff with the Church Digital. Digital Church Network, more importantly in this context, Leadership Network, Director of Digital Church Next. Thanks for jumping on the podcast here. We'll see you next time on the show. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Network podcast and joining the conversation for what is next for the church and its leaders. We look forward to connecting with you as we bring our questions, contribute our wisdom, and pursue what is next. Visit leadnet.org for more resources, information about leader cohorts, and more. That is leadnet.org.